Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Thriving again in 2010. What a great theme. This month and each month, we're going to have a different theme, but with the focus on thriving again. This month, we're loving again in 2010. And most of the conversation, of course, going on in the month of February is about love. But there are also some stories that are being told, stories of hope. Stories of redemption, stories of forgiveness, stories of renewal. And that's what tonight's show is about. Camilla Chance is joining us here today because there is a story, there is a story as told by this amazing author, a story that will teach us the lessons of redemption, forgiveness, renewal, and the wisdom of our elders in Wisdom Man as told by this author, Camilla Chance. And when we take a look at the journey and we we wonder what our purposes are for or what we've been called to do on this earth and this planet. How many times have you said no to something that's right in front of you? How many times have you been asked to question some of the things going on in your life to really stand for something that you believe in? Well, Camilla joining me here today, you know, is someone that knows about the lessons and about what does it mean, what it means to say yes to life. She's joining us here today because she met this incredible Aboriginal elder. And today's story is about that. At his request, she wrote down his story, his philosophy. But as we fast forward in what this 27-year-long labor of love is about, some of the lessons that we're going to discuss today uh, haven't come to us all too soon because the bottom line is, we could use some of these lessons in our lifetime today. She has given many talks. She is introduced by the Aboriginal people, both all over Australia and internationally. She believes the only truly effective things in this era are deeds done from the whole heart with selfless motives and strongly agrees with Banjo Clark. But the bottom line is this. What is it that we can know as we move into a new decade, as we move into a new place, in the history, in our journey, in whatever might be said about this. What do we want to say about this decade? How do we want to say it? What do we believe in? And what are some of the virtues that we set forth in this life? Camilla is here joining me today because there's a story to tell. There are gifts to give, and I'm so honored to have her on the show. Camilla, thank you for joining me. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you, Dr. Pat, and I'm deeply honored to be speaking with you and with your listeners and all who have helped get on me, get me on the show, your assistance. I have to tell you, this is, for me, 
an honor to have you on the show. And, and I actually want to start talking about you first, if you don't mind. Um, and the reason that I want to talk about you, because I talk about journeys and I talk about what it's like to move beyond the obstacles in life. And I, I can't help but wondering what it's been like for you uh, along the way to create the pathway you've created and to sort of be a spokesperson for so many virtues. You know, what are some of the challenges and obstacles that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, Dr. Pat, first of all, I don't think you have mentioned that I'm in Australia, and it's an Australian Aboriginal elder, Banjo Clark, that I wrote the book for. Anyway, uh, I was given a very, very severe upbringing and I guess taught that the only important thing was from the head, never from the heart. I was more or less brought up as someone to rule, although (laughs) my parents had nobody to rule anymore. Their ancestors had been rulers. And I went through a huge spiritual experience myself, which spanned five years, and it was totally overwhelming. And the spiritual realm, the universe, seemed to be blowing through me like a great wind, and I just had to say what it told me to say. And while I was going through this, I met some deeply spiritual people who were the Australian Aboriginal people. And I met Banjo Clark, who was the most loving person almost that I'd met in my life and we both recognized universal love in each other and that was the huge link when we met. I want to ask you and of course yes uh, definitely this is a conversation that you and I are having you know clearer across the globe you speaking right now to our listeners from Australia and um, and this is an incredible story uh, and journey and so many things that I want to ask you about. Um, when you talk about coming from this place of love, and, and I guess the question is, you know, what can we learn about love from what your journey represents, but also from this Australian Aboriginal elder, Banjo Clark? Yes, I should also mention that uh, Wisdom Man by Banjo Clark, as told to Camilla Chance, is published in the U.S. Yes, it by is. By Penguin U.S. So, yes, we've got that out of the way. It's uh, a little hard to express, but Aboriginal... Well, I should really tell you how I met them, I think, how I met Absolutely. Aboriginal people. Is that all right? Well, I became a Baha'i at the age of 22, and that is a religion that teaches that all humankind is one family, that it is time for us to realize this, and all prejudice is destructive, whether it's racial, religious, between the sexes, whatever, even towards children, I feel. uh, We should have respect for them as independent beings and help their talents go in the way that they they want to go uh, with great guidance of course but looking at them seeing what they need to do not grow up as a clone of our parents and uh, so anyhow the whole world is one family and 
when I, I I actually became a Baha'i in Switzerland when living with my grandmother, and when I came back to Australia, there were Aboriginal people in my community, but soon afterwards, my husband and I moved to Warrnambool in the country of Australia, and there was a very high Aboriginal population there, but I never saw them because they were so good at disappearing. And Baha'is from all over the world came to stay with me. There was a group, a very international group, and there was one Aboriginal young man, aged 16, from the north of Australia who came, and where I was living was in the south, and he expressed a desire to meet local Aboriginal people. So we all went out to the Aboriginal settlement, and following Aboriginal rules of courtesy, we sat outside the settlement, and this young man played the guitar and sang, and the rest of us from all different countries sang along with him and hummed along with him, but he was the star. And it's Aboriginal tradition that when somebody from a tribe visits, somebody visits another tribe, they don't barge in. They sit down some distance away where they can be seen, but where they cannot overhear the discussions of the host tribe. And the tribe will discuss whether to invite them in or not, and eventually they are likely to send a little boy out to invite the person in and then give him every hospitality, him or her, but usually him, every hospitality they could possibly imagine. So we were adapting this to modern situations and sitting in the grass outside the Aboriginal settlement where there were modern houses. And eventually a carload of Aboriginal men came past, hanging out of the windows, and we waved them over, but they went on driving. And very soon afterwards, an Aboriginal woman came out and invited us in. And she took us to every single house, and the last house we visited was the one Banjo was in. And except for Baha'is, I'd never met such loving people, this deep core of love which just emanated from all the people there so strongly, and it was their natural core which they didn't try to hide. I think other people often have a veneer of what they've been taught, and it covers that deep human core. Anyway, in the last house, Banjo seemed to be the most loving of all. And my little daughter, aged four, ran to him, and he picked her up and hugged her and said, eee, as if he were hugging her as, as mm. profoundly as he could. But, of course, he was very gentle with her. And we did recognize in each other this very deep, universal love. And soon afterwards... Three men from the settlement were put in hospital, and this was very, very unusual. Up to that time, Aboriginal people had tended to be turned away from hospital and just given tablets, not put in unless they were actually dying. Mm. But these three men were put in with pneumonia, and Banjo was one of them. And I came with my two little children to visit them, and my daughter played her toy ukulele and sang to them. And... Banjo writes in the book Wisdom Man, or rather I wrote it, but he mentioned that the nurses couldn't understand the situation. It was a new situation to them that a respectable lady, as they saw me, was visiting Aboriginal people, and how could Aboriginal people be so important? 
there was that much prejudice, huge prejudice in the area so and in the country generally, really. So anyhow, Banjo said, my little daughter and my son and I were showing them how to be with people. He doesn't say with Aboriginal people. He just says people because that's, that's the people he was with. Mm-hmm. And the nurses came around and listened to the music and they saw that music united all kinds of people. It was really a deep connecting of the heart. So my heart, however, was in my mouth and I was panicking because she was singing French lullabies. And normally among white people in Australia, if you show that you know French they tended to think of you as a snob, that you thought yourself better than they were. And I was very scared that Aboriginal people would think I was a snob. But the most wonderful thing of all was that this people saw straight into our hearts and they knew that I felt that I was at least equal but probably much inferior (laughs) to the people (laughs) that my daughter was singing to and that this was a gift from her heart just to make them better, make them feel well, and that I was visiting them because I loved people and I loved them, and I had immense, immense respect for their culture. And uh, so they could see straight into my heart, and it was just wonderful to be with people who did that. And they found me so easy to understand and... Nobody had understood me before. <laughs> it was the most wonderful thing. Anyway, that's how we met, and I felt that should get out of the way. You know, isn't that really a story of, you know, one heart meeting another? And, and it's such a, a, an, an almost immediate deep connection, and we're going to talk about this. I want to just mention to everyone, you know, this is, if you've missed any part of the show, you'll be able to hear it because you're going to want to hear Camilla and the entire conversation Wisdom Man, Banjo Clark, as told to Camilla Chance, is available, as we said earlier on the show. It's available, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you can find it. The website is wisdommanbook.com. We're going to take a short break We come when we come back. We're going to talk about some of the, the wisdom that Banjo Clark shares and what it was like to, to just be in the presence of such profound Uh, universal law and intelligence. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and we'll talk about forgiveness and what that means. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your soul thirsty for love this Valentine's Day? Fill it up with Aqua Mantra's I Am Loved Water and feel the love with every conscious sip. You attract love into your reality when you're overflowing with love from within. Pick up a case of Aqua Mantra's award-winning premium natural spring water that flows from the abundant streams of Mount Palomar, California. Now in our brand new biodegradable and recyclable bottles. On sale at aquamantra.com forward slash I am loved. And know you are loved. Are you concerned about a specific health issue? Do you want to know what causes it? Are you ready to tap into the inner wisdom of your body and listen to what it is telling you? It's a scientific fact that your health condition, present circumstance, and excess weight are not the result of your diet, exercise regime, or genetic makeup. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions all directly and specifically influence all your body functions, including heart rate, 
digestion, and organs. Anger is stored in the liver, resentment is stored in the gallbladder, and lack of support shows up in your back. Our bodies give us clues to how we have been thinking, feeling, and acting. Dr. Cal specializes in interpreting these clues, ignites your inner healer, and guides you step-by-step to continuous, positive, and lasting health changes. When you change your mind, you change your life. Get in your driver's seat today. Visit AskDrKel.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-K-E-L.com. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Ready to manifest your heart's desire? Want to know the secret to navigating life's in-between times with confidence and skill? Ready, Set, Manifest with Life Coach Debbie Lacey offers real tools to coach yourself through the in-betweens and leaps in life. Say goodbye to being stuck and hello to Ready, Set, Manifest. Visit TheInspiredCoach.com and join the next Ready, Set, Manifest telegathering. You're not lost. You're getting ready. Visit TheInspiredCoach.com. E-Cloths, the only cleaning solution you'll ever need. E-Cloths fiber function does the cleaning, not a chemical reaction. Also, no paper towels or chemicals to buy, so you'll save lots of money. And E-Cloths are guaranteed to thoroughly clean for years. The whole time safer for you, your family, the environment, and saving you lots of money. As a Dr. Pat Show listener, get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to ecloth.com and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat. You'll never go back to cleaning any other way. Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit macaroot.com. That's M-A-C-A root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Neshama Living, where your optimal health begins with awareness, grows with knowledge, flourishes with proactive solutions, and is practiced as a way of life. Neshama Living is dedicated to wholeness of body, mind, and spirit. The Neshama Living Hour is coming to the Dr. Pat Show. Get ready to regain your natural balance. Take control of your health and vitality and build your foundation for wellness with Neshama Living on the Dr. Pat Show. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness Natural Food for Pets, where true wellness begins.
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, no, I have hundreds of books that come across my desks uh, every week. And I have to say that when I pick up a book, um, such as the book that we're talking about tonight, Wisdom Man, uh, and have Camilla Chance joining me here today to tell the story of what it was like to be in the presence of of Angel Clark to make sure that we don't forget the values and the virtues and what we can learn from, you know, such an incredibly humble yet amazing people, the Aboriginal uh, people in Australia. And what is it like? What does it mean to be somebody like Camilla that was so welcomed, you know, by a people that have been, how should I say it, so completely prejudiced and abused? Camilla, thank you for joining us here today. There are so many things we can talk about, but, you know, you were sort of one of the first or if not the first non-Aboriginal uh, person to receive a prestigious award and to be welcome in to this community. Let's talk about that for a minute. And, you, you know, how, how significant is that for you? Well, when I received it, I burst into tears. <laughs> Um, it oh, was wow. actually fairly recently. It was during the second launch, the launch of the second edition of Wisdom Man. Mm. And Aboriginal people came from all over Australia to that launch. It was pretty big. And suddenly there was a deviation from the usual program. The person up on stage said, now Camilla doesn't know about this, but we want to give her this particular award and it's called the Unsung Hero Award for somebody who has worked hard behind the scenes to promote Aboriginal welfare and it's not given lightly, it's given very seldom. It's given when there is inspiration from the spiritual world to give it. It's not given regularly, it's given in an Aboriginal way and Vicki Armstrong is the Aboriginal lady who initiated the award in memory of her aunt. And uh, one of the rules is that this award can only be given to an Aboriginal person. Uh, nevertheless, the spiritual realm has told us to give it to Camilla Chance, Camilla Chance. So please come up on the stage. <laughs> and, of course, I came up and the very first words I said when I was handed the microphone was, does any kind person in the audience have a handkerchief? Because I was crying my eyes out. And eventually a handkerchief was handed up to me. And, mm. of course, I thanked the ancestors. I thanked Benjo, who was already in the spiritual realm. And I thanked all the people and was deeply honored by this award. Aboriginal people had given me, or Banjo gave me, my own Aboriginal name, and I had been adopted into his family. But the Baha'i faith is all about unity, and therefore uh, I felt united with all human beings anyway, and mm -hmm. certainly united with all Aboriginal people. Yeah. I, 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 you know, one of the things that I, I so want to talk with you about, and maybe our listeners don't know this, um, but Banjo died three years before the book came out. Um, clearly his spirit lives on. We know that. Um, 
but the question I think that I'd love to hear you to talk about, really, or answer is, you know, what does his life stand for? You know, how can we, how did you in the book, how did he talk about what his life stood for? Well, he talked most beautifully. He had a beautiful way of speaking. And uh, he saw himself as an ambassador for his people. Now, I've, met, I've read a lot of Aboriginal autobiographies, and almost always they say, the old people did not trust me. They didn't hand anything on to me of their wisdom because it was forbidden. They were frightened to. But... Banjo's old people, his elders, chose him when he was a little boy, and they singled him out to give him their wisdom. And that is a most important thing, because Aboriginal culture is a really, really beautiful thing. And they have this enormous sense of unity and this huge compassion. And they actually looked upon the white people who massacred them in the not-so-long-ago early mm-hmm. days of settlement of Australia from outside, uh, they looked upon them as immature children who had not been trained because Aboriginal children are trained from birth in compassion. And uh, a mother might point out an insect and say, oh, poor thing, it's not going the right way for its food or whatever. And children are trained from birth in compassion. And among Aboriginal people, and certainly very strongly with Banjo, he he saw the correct development of emotion as a sign of maturity, whereas I was brought up that controlling your emotions until they virtually don't exist anymore mm-hmm. was a sign of maturity. A person, a wife at a funeral among my people would be admired for not showing any grief. Right. And they'd be talked about as being marvelous. And it was exactly the opposite with Banjo. When his son Ian died, and I was very fond of Ian, uh, Banjo, it's recorded in the book, uh, it was prou- he expressed proudly to me that he called out to the universe uh, under the big moon, which Ian always loved, full moon, which shone on the bush on their tribal area. And he was proud of... of calling out, uh, Ian, don't go, don't lose, wake up, wake up. Mm. And he called it when people were putting Ian on the stretcher in the back of the ambulance, wake up, wake up, don't lose. And he felt the whole universe was with him, lamenting the passing of his son. And he felt united with the universe. And he, he was really, really pleased about having done this and about the spiritual realm having been with him and him having expressed this. And this is the thing. There is a certain certain joyful element in being united with the spiritual realm. And the aboriginal sense of community always involves the spiritual realm as well. They feel that their ancestors are as close to, to them as the people living around them and they move with total confidence through their land, certain that they're being protected and they will be guided to water in the desert. They will dig a hole and find a a frog that has 
swallowed a lot of water and squir- mm-hmm. squirted into their mouths, <laughs> and they will be protected. They will look, be looked after. There is this deep sense of unity, and they normally Aboriginal people will not make a move unless they are sure that the spiritual realm wants them to do that thing. If they pick a leaf from a gum tree, a eucalyptus tree, to play a tune on it, they will pick the leaf that wants to be picked. There is this unity with nature which brings messages from the spiritual realm. And it would be a good thing if we went back to some of this. It's been lost a great deal in over-civilization. Mm-hmm. It is. And, you know, honestly, Camilla, I'm so glad that you're out speaking about it because I really think that, you know, the lessons and what we can learn from Banjo uh, and the book Wisdom Man is are some of the lessons we need to be learning right now. I mean, there's a healing on the planet that's necessary. We're going to take a short break when we come back. You know, there's a quote, one of the many quotes, one of the many sayings, I should say, uh, from the book, and of course, Camilla has experience firsthand. But there's something that caught my attention, and it's a, it's a quote, and it's this. I want us to cross a bridge to which we will never return. When we come back, let's talk about what that bridge is. Let's talk about what the journey is. And what can we all learn from Banjo Clark as told to Camilla Chance? You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. We're going to take a short break. And again, if you want to find out more about the book, you can go to wisdommanbook.com. If you want to order it, you can get it online at Amazon. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show with my very special guest, Camilla Champ. When was the last time you were flabbergasted? Well, I was the first time I cleaned with this cloth named E-Cloth. E-Cloth claims perfect cleaning with just water on all hard surfaces and no chemicals. I started with my windows, then stovetop, and then the refrigerator. I was totally flabbergasted on how well E-Cloth cleaned everything. And I did it without exposing my family to potential health-harmful chemical cleaners. Also with E-Cloth, there's no paper towels, chemicals to buy, so you'll save money. And they're guaranteed to thoroughly clean for years. As a Dr. Pat Show listener, you'll get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to ecloth.com, and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat. That's ecloth.com, 20% off everything, free shipping. You'll never go back to cleaning any other way. Living your life to the max means that you can have everything you want. Empowerment Psychic, Linda Dickinson, can show you where you're headed and teach you how to change your future. Linda will share with you the messages of those who have passed before you. For a private session, visit InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096. Listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show. Call in and hear how you can be the producer, director, and lead in your life. Today is the day to start living your life to the max. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. 
Are you tired of the diet roller coaster? Tired of losing the weight only to gain it back again? Would you like to learn how to take the weight off once and for all? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help thousands of clients reach their goals and stay there. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That's 888-311-7157. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. If you want to find out more about us or if you've missed any part of this amazing conversation, with Camilla Chance. You can always get this um, archive version of this uh, real soon. You'll be able to get it at www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com, or simply Dr. Pat Live. There are so many things in the book that I can really point to, and I probably, if I had more time with Camilla, I would probably be able to do that. I love that we actually have a commercial break because she and I get to continue to talk about the journey of this amazing individual, uh, Banjo Clark. But, Camilla, and I want to thank you. Thank you so, so very much for joining me today. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to really visit with us and our listeners today. Dr. Pat, if you ever come to Australia, please stay with me. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Um, there are several points in the book, and, and again, I, 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 I want to just, I can't emphasize enough to our listeners that we are barely touching the surface of this incredible journey and relationship between, you know, two hearts that were connected at such a deep level. But the conversation, Camilla, I don't believe has been left to be within a book or within somebody's room. This is a global and a universal message that you bring forth. One of the quotes I pulled out was, this quote by Banjo that says, I want us to cross a bridge to which we will never return. Boy, I went so many different places with that. Could you please talk a little bit? Well, Banjo is talking a little bit as a Baha'i. He became a Baha'i. And the Baha'i faith is saying that we can have the world being one family the easy way or the hard way and either we want to change our hearts now at the grassroots level because it's no use changing institutions until our hearts are opened until our hearts change or we will suffer an enormous calamity which will chasten us and we'll want to have different priorities we'll just want to and Banjo of course and Aboriginal people have enormous spiritual priorities and one thing is of course they share everything they will never eat in front of a human being or even an animal without sharing half the food and if a person has a car it's their duty to drive everyone else around in it they may even not end up where they want to go and uh, there are many principles like that and sharing to banjo was a symbol of the unity of humankind, that we are all basically one at core. And again, the Baha'i faith says that it's unity in diversity. I believe the faith was the very first uh, 
time that this phrase was coined, but people have taken it up since. And we are to keep our own customs and our local language and art and and all the richness of our culture. But at the same time, we should feel as if we are united and one family with the rest of the world. And an extra language should be taught in schools that everybody understands in order to reduce misunderstanding. Now, Benjo talks about this wonderful future that it could be. And he says, when forgiveness and love of the planet and a love of the people that walk upon it are your main priorities in life, then things get easier between people. Then Mm. the disputes tend to fade away. And the ultimate goal is the laughter returns. He believed, and I do too, that there are no bad people in the world, only unhappy ones. And he thought that humankind should wipe their slate of interracial torment clean and meet as if for the first time in peace and unity. Uh, And certainly I feel that indigenous people who are true to their ancient laws are totally without ego. Uh, And the Baha'i faith says that deeds done from the heart and from pure motives are only the only truly effective things on Mm. earth in this era. And, you know, uh, yeah. isn't the Baha'i faith as well, you know, uh, talk about the earth, you know, be, you know, is but one country and mankind its citizens. I mean, isn't there sort of this universal acceptance and connection that that really is, is rings so true in what you've written about uh, Banjo, what you've written about these the Aboriginal uh, Aborigines people in Australia, I mean, isn't there a conversation about community and about caring and about love that transcends the worst of the worst condemnations that can happen to people? Isn't there so much that could be applied from these teachings globally right now in the world? Absolutely. And, for example, from the very beginning, the Baha'i Faith has encouraged interracial marriage because Mm -hmm. it's a quick way of bringing about unity that when two people marry in in perfect universal love or family type love uh, then their families are united as well the families from the different backgrounds and it is a very rapid way of the world being one family something about aboriginal people is that Banjo mentions in the book that if we heard Australian Aboriginal people talking, we would think, even if they're talking in in English, we would think that they were talking another language because it is so different the way they talk. And the difference is that they talk about spiritual things as being utterly natural, the most natural things in the world. And, for example, Aboriginal newspapers talk about spiritual experiences in a matter-of-fact way. Some Aboriginal people bringing back bones from London that they had been granted custody of that had been kept in a British museum for a hundred years. Uh, As they brought the bones of their ancestors back, 
one woman felt this sharp pain in the back of her neck and actually the bones that she was bringing back were of a man who had been beheaded for rebelling against white people in Australia and she felt this unity at the time with that moment in her ancestor's life. And this was reported in an Aboriginal newspaper that I read. It was just taken for granted. And yes, mm. Ben Cho talks also in the book about one night that he was sweating and desperately hot more hot than a person can imagine. And he went through this all night, this torment. And in the morning, he was brought news that his cousin had died in a fire, trying mm. to rescue a child from a house. And you know, you know when this unity is coming from outside, from somebody else, that the experience is somebody else's deep experience. And he mentions again that there's a certain joy in this, despite the pain, because you know that you're in the spiritual realm, which is closer to you than your life vein. And yes, also the Baha'i faith does teach that your the spiritual realm is closer to you than your life vein. Yeah. Aboriginal people experience this and live it every moment. You know, it's interesting as you and I are talking, I, I mean, I, I just, something just, a light bulb just went on. It's really interesting, you know, when we talk about the Baha'i faith and we talk about, you know, Banjo, and I think about um, the number of citizens that have truly been persecuted for their belief, and especially if we look at Baha'i in Iran, for example, yeah. um, and I'm very familiar with this, and we think about, you know, when we have spiritual practices that, that really believe and pull people together uh, at both the conscious and the unconscious plane, when we have these, these groups that form to build people, to, to build community, bring people together at the spiritual level, it's so, it's so sad at how these communities then become attacked or persecuted or, you know, other religious or government communities want to hold this idea of oneness down. Can we make sense of that, Camilla? No, <laughs> I can't make sense of it myself. I cannot no. make sense of it. I can't uh, do that. But, of course, Aboriginal people have suffered enormously, and Banjo went through every kind of injustice, experienced it. But he always had this hope that one day there would be a change, a big change, that there had to be. And he would think to himself, that policeman, when he gets older, will be sorry and he will be kind to people and round the corner I will meet good people. And when he was in that car going past us, sitting in the grass, he realized that this big change was coming now, that it had begun, because it was the Aboriginal young man age 16, that was honored by all of us and and was doing the singing and the playing. And we were just happy to be with him and happy to be with each other. Uh, the thing is that 
the Aboriginal people call the spiritual realm the dreaming or the dream time. Mm-hmm. And they, if a person passes on, they say he's gone to his dreaming or she has. But the dreaming is all around them, and it's called the, well, the closest translation is that it's the eternal present. And through living in the eternal present, that is how Aboriginal people never bear grudges. Traditionally, they never bear grudges. That is surely the explanation, and that's surely more how we should be now. We should be aware of what's going on around us in the present. And that way, that way we can forgive. We can forgive and we can be at ease with each other because there's been so much perpetration of cruelty and so much reception of cruelty. We can't wallow in it forever. There is a sorry day declared uh, among Aboriginal people where white people these days say to them that they're sorry. But Banjo couldn't understand that. He said, why not have a happy day? We have to face the fact that these bad things happened, and it's important to know that and to remember that and not pretend it didn't happen, as white people in Australia have been doing up to date, but it's changing now. It's important to know that, but we have to meet as friends. He said, just be friends. The explanation is, just be friends. The solution Uh is, just be friends. And... Recently, our Prime Minister made an apology, an official apology on behalf of all Australian governments to the Aboriginal people for the policy of taking their children away. What had happened was that um, Aboriginal people were not by law seen as human beings at all until 1967. They did not have the right to vote laws governing them were under the Flora and Fauna Act. And, of course, if somebody wanted to take an Aboriginal child, anybody, they could. And, of course, Aboriginal people being deeply feeling, deeply emotional people and deeply filled with love, they suffered incredibly and families were devastated and split up because their children were taken away. And chiefly... Children with white blood were targeted with the idea that if they were brought up in orphanages or white foster homes and given new names and not told they were Aboriginal, told that their parents were dead, that they would marry white people and very soon the race would not exist anymore. And this was the idea behind it, and it was a very well-kept secret that this was a national campaign or national system of taking away Aboriginal children at the slightest excuse and putting them into foster care. So our Prime Minister apologized with very beautiful and profound words to all Aboriginal people in February 2008 for this practice having gone on. And immediately Aboriginal people all over Australia said, You can react two ways to an apology. You can either accept it or reject it. And in the past, how could we heal when nobody believed there was anything for us to heal from, that anything had happened? And all over Australia, they gave dinners to which they invited white people. And at the Mm -hmm. dinners, they expressed their acceptance 
of the Apology. And I was invited to a dinner in Queensland by an Aboriginal family there. And the Governor-General of Australia chose to sit at our table where the family and I were. And so I gave her a copy of Wisdom Man. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we, we were invited. That, that was in the north of Australia, and I had been living in the south. But that was the dinner to which I was invited. Yeah. Well, how special is that? And, you know, yet the lessons, you know, go on and on. And the more that people learn about uh, the Aborigines people and uh, about uh, Banjo Clark and about you, and, you know, what you have said yes to in this lifetime, clearly we will connect people with and at a universal level of love. You know, one of the things that I was also struck by was a statement, um, and I don't remember exactly the direct quote, but I believe the part of it that I remember is uh, by Banjo, where he says, world peace is inevitable. Yes. And honestly, anyone that would step up in today's pop culture and say world peace is inevitable, most people would turn around and think they were out of their mind. But this has very special meaning, doesn't it? Well, it's the next step. It's the next step. We're at a crucial time. And first there were tribes, then there were city-states, then there were nations. And it is only natural that the next step is international government and the keeping the richness of local villages and local culture. And uh, what will happen next? N next, perhaps, we will relate to other planets in, in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, goodness knows what will result. But it is a logical step that the world will feel one family. And there have been enormous changes in my lifetime. I have seen just huge changes. Uh, I, I feel that now that, that this interracial prejudice is fast disappearing, and it used to be a huge tragedy. I, I remember things that really should not be mentioned because they expressed such prejudice. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I should mention them, but I will if you want me to. Well, I think we have to be reminded of that which we've created in the past that no longer serves us sometimes. Well, for, for instance, uh, it was commonly said that if two people of different races married, that uh -huh. their children brought out the worst in both races. And yes. what a terrible prejudice that was. And it was common when yes. I was young, and it distressed me profoundly. Mm. But because I didn't believe a word, I believed the opposite. Mm -hmm. But it was give a dog a bad name and hang him. You know, the children of uh, different races marrying were treated so abominably normally. You know, and in the Biggles books, it, they talk about the half-breed, you know, mm -hmm. behaving yes. in an underhand manner. They were treated so abominably, and there was such prejudice against them. But in fact, of course, such children... Uh, are the, are the flower of, of their family. They, they are so intelligent and have so much understanding normally, and they bring out the best. And we can see that everywhere now, and, and this prejudice surely is going very fast. And also, when I was young, uh, if a young man spoke to me about Aboriginal women, 
he used to say the Marys. It was an insult to a white mm -hmm. female to talk about a, an Aboriginal female as being a woman or a lady. These things don't happen anymore, thank God. I know. But, but there was I, this incredible prejudice. I know. I mean, we can't really say thank God enough because I really, for me in my lifetime and certainly for those that are to come, there are so many incredible, what I'd like to say, key points of wisdom from what you've brought forth in Wisdom Men and Banjo Clark and, and now his son. You know, this is truly uh, a life calling that you were chosen for, Camilla. I mean, you know, look at how your life, what you stood for at an early age, of course you became the person to write this story. Uh, God probably wouldn't have wanted it any other way. What an incredible message to take out into the world now. So thank you so much for joining us here today. I wanted to ask you what your personal message would be for people listening to the show today. Well, one thing that I think is wonderful is if on waking in the morning a person gives thanks for the day that is to come. Because if you pray first thing in the morning, which is, is a Baha'i teaching, but also they say bring yourself to account in the evening for the day's actions as well. But if you pray first thing in the morning and it's expressing gratitude for things, then you are going to see that it is a wonderful day. You are going to notice the beautiful things in that day and you will affect everybody that you come into touch with that mm. day. Your happiness will affect other people's happiness. It will change the world so quickly, I feel. So that's what I would say, I think. Well, I want to thank you so much. And I hope you will join me again on air um, to continue to take this message out, Camilla. It has been such a pleasure and an honor. Um, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing Banjo's story with our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Dr. Pat. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, all of you. And yes, Banjo loved to spread himself around, and he still does. <laughs> well, I think we can help him out with that. So thank you, Camilla. Thank you for joining us. I want to make sure everyone listening to the show knows this book is available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at Amazon. If you go to wisdommanbook.com, wisdommanbook.com, that's the website. You can uh, watch some just incredible videos on the home page, information about the book about Camilla and much more. Thank you, Camilla, for joining us tonight. Delightful to speak with you, Dr. Pat. Wow. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on each and every day. As we've promised, Thriving Again in 2010 is our vast and yet compelling theme for this year. We welcome Camilla and all the people out there with positive message because the bottom line is this. If we don't learn to love ourselves, love will happen anyway. But along the way, we can share the messages from those that have come before. As Gloria Steinem once said to me, we all stand on the shoulders of those that come before. Thank goodness, Camilla. Thank goodness, Banjo. And many others have very broad shoulders. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show.
Stranger soul, for you never know. 